Thank you, worship team, Eber, Kimberly, Mandy, Braden, Ada, Aaron. Thank you. Jordan, Winston, Jed in the back. Thank you. TK, thank you. Uh, you know, I was just reflecting um, earlier this morning how much is involved with preparing for a Sunday morning worship service. People arrive early. There's all of this that you see. There's the things that you don't see. There are people that get here early in the morning and they set up the chairs because these chairs weren't here. <laughs> they set up the chairs. There's people making coffee, setting up missions uh, tables, all of that so that we gather together in the name of the Lord Jesus to worship and praise and bring focus to our lives for the week that is to come. Our Creator God has a will, a living will. Maybe I could even say it's a will and testament. A testament, you may have heard that phrase, will and testament. A testament is a declaration, but it's also a, a, an evidence. And it's appropriate in a parent-child dedication that we talk about a will and testament, things that we pass on. And humanly speaking, people, um, at some point in your age, you begin to be interested in a will and a testament, whether it is something you write or whether it is something you wonder if you're in. People want to know, oh, I have a parent or a grandparent or an ancestor. I wonder if I'm in their will. I wonder how much it's worth. I wonder who's in and who's out. Our Creator has a will and testament. Who are the benefactors of God's living will? We are continuing our sermon series in the Beatitudes this morning. This is the first sermon that Matthew records that Jesus gives. And the people, the crowd that has gathered and is listening to Jesus, as I've been mentioning, the crowd that is gathered there are largely living in poverty. They had one set of clothes. They didn't own land and not a lot of possessions. They weren't writing wills and testaments. But the reality is that while that was the majority of the crowd of people that had gathered around there, there were people that were wealthy, government, military. Well, how did they get wealthy? How did they get their possessions and acquire their possessions? Well, in the time that Jesus gave this sermon, a lot of it had to do, frankly, with ethnicity. One country would inhabit another country. If you were Jewish, for example, you were now lower than if you were from Rome. So ethnicity was one aspect of what kept people poor or wealthy. Another was just simply brute force. There was a lot of violence and brute force that caused people to grow in their wealth or to be poor. Not much has changed in the 21st century. It's the plight of human beings. Let me see if you can finish some of these phrases. This first one. Might makes... What? Right. right. Might makes right. How about this one? 
to the victor. Okay, so you know the, those. I, I just, those are two that just came up at the top of my head. These are the sort of common phrases that people know. You see, the world that we live in, not so much different than the world 2,000 years ago, is actually the, 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 the concept is to take, to get. And if it's not take and get, then it's earn and deserve. And friends, there's a difference between being assertive and being aggressive. Aggressive is actually to the point of that it's at the cost of other people. And there's a lot of aggression. Taking and getting. Earning and deserving. And I mean that personally. But we still, in the 21st century, even see that in countries and nations. But that's the way of the world. That is not the way of the kingdom. That is not the way of our creator. So what is to be gained by following Jesus Christ as our king and our leader? Because our creator God has a will and testament. What is his will and testament and who benefits? Jesus continuing in his sermon says these words in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And you'll see this artwork out in the foyer, thanks to Elaine and the Reflections team, as we continue to unveil different artwork each Sunday. Another visual representation of blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. For our creator the commitment and promise of land it, it has always been about land. The first major covenant or promise that God made was to uh, Abraham. The Abrahamic covenant and in that covenant, and by the way, that commitment promise that he made to Abraham was what's called a promissory uh, uh, covenant as opposed to a conditional one. It was promissory. There was nothing conditional about this commitment. There was nothing also that Abraham did or could do to earn or deserve the promise and commitment that God was making to Abraham and to his descendants and to all the generations that followed. And the essence of that commitment was land. It was a commitment that he reinforced to Moses and to David. David writes in Psalm 37, 11, he writes these words. You can see it up on the screen there. The meek shall inherit the land. And delight themselves in abundant prosperity. Psalm 37, 11. So when the original crowd had gathered and heard Jesus say, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. 
I'm sure they will have thought of the promised land that God had made to the, his, their ancestors and subsequently. And, but he has expanded it now. It's not just a plot of land. He is saying the meek will inherit the earth. That word inherit is also interesting. It means to receive. To receive something of tremendous value that isn't earned Or even, air quotes, deserved. And the way this is written with uh, the, the grammatical phrasing that it's written in Greek, is it's something called future indicative third person plural. Just bear with me for a moment. Inherit means that it's in the future. And indicative means it's the form that means it's absolute. It's will happen. Inherit. In the future, this will absolutely happen. And third person plural means you all. It's not an individual. It means you all. Blessed are those. Blessed are the people. You will inherit. You will receive. Towards the end of Matthew, nearing the finish of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says these words to his disciples. He came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. The Son of Man received from the hand of God the Father. The gospel writer John records this amazing and profound prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17 where the Son of Man prays in John chapter 17, and over and over again, the Son of Man says to God the Father, you have given, you have given, you have given, you have given. Because all that the Son of Man has, He has received. And that third phrase, the meek. The meek will receive. The meek. In some of your translations, the word is gentle. Meekness or gentleness. It's, again, it sounds like a paradox. I've been saying this for a while now, that Jesus is preaching paradoxically because he's saying that the gentle or the meek are the ones that inherit. It's not the... the, the to the victor or the might, it's paradoxical. But it's paradoxical in the ears of those who are living by a worldly standard. It's not paradoxical to those that are following Jesus. But even the original crowd, when they were listening to Jesus, this Jewish crowd that was there, and he says this alarming phrase, the gentle or the meek are the ones that will receive the earth. And the background is this Old Testament context where the Jewish people violently took land that God had promised He was going to give them. And surely that was not missed by those that were sitting around. That would have caused some dissonance for them cognitively. 
Because it is so difficult to live a kingdom life when the currents of the world are pressing so forcefully on us that that's what's shaping how we think and feel, whether it's 2,000 years ago or 21st century. But listen to what Jesus says. Jesus' words in the middle of the Gospel of Matthew now, he says these words in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then he says this, take up my yoke and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble of heart. This is Jesus saying, I am meek. I am gentle and you will find rest for your souls. Meekness or gentleness is entirely Christ-like. This is Christ-like. So here is the point I want to leave you with this morning. The big point is this. Those who surrender to God's way will receive from His hands. Those who surrender to God's ways will receive from our Creator God's hands. And we know this to be true because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Far from God enforcing His promise and His covenant, what He did instead was He gave Himself as a sacrifice to seal His promise and His commitment. We know this to be true when we look at the cross of Jesus Christ. Because of his sacrifice that he made. The sacrifice on the cross reveals the character of our God. And the character that he is calling us to live. And we know that those who follow God's, surrender to God's ways, will receive from His hand because of the cross of Jesus Christ, because the Son of Man was vindicated after His burial and resurrection, and He was seated at the right hand of God. He was vindicated. So there is how we understand and it is revealed to us how God saves people and also the activity by which He bestows divine reward. It is centrally the cross of Jesus Christ. As the artwork reminds us Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. This is the heritage that, brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, this is your heritage. When you are a brother or sister of Jesus Christ, your heritage is at the cross. It has been and is God's intention to bless people. And that blessing 
necessarily lands. It lands with land. It has always been God's intention for human beings to live a full bodily, spiritual life together on earth with him and participating in life together. That has been his uh, idea from the outset. And on earth. And I would tell you that that means this earth. Oh, it will be different when God appears, when the Son of Man appears, when the Son of God appears, and he will restore and renew this earth, it will be different, but it will also be in some ways the same. There will be continuity and also discontinuity like that of the risen Lord Jesus Christ himself. And so when we encourage people to take care of this place or to be, uh, demonstrate goodness to other people, it isn't because we are going green. It is because we believe in the redemption of all creation and that everything that is good and that you do from a kingdom perspective is somehow retained. And everything else is removed. Praise the Lord and amen. The writer of Hebrews encourages us with this because I think sometimes this can be kind of difficult for us to actually believe. But the writer of Hebrews puts it this way. In Hebrews 11.6, the writer writes this. Without faith, it is impossible to approach God. For those who approach him, two things, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who follow him. God seeks to bless. God seeks to reward. So to follow Jesus Christ isn't merely a form of altruism. That's too thin an idea. It isn't about moralistic ideas either, as though God is strictly a policeman and we have to follow morals. It's too thin. Following Jesus isn't strictly about therapy and having a God who provides some therapeutic assistance to us. It's too narrow. To follow Jesus Christ is finally to experience an extravagant reward from Him. Love, grace, mercy that finally arrives tangibly in inheriting the earth. So we become more like Jesus when we surrender to his ways. Scripture and Jesus would say that it is the gentle, to the gentle go the, the spoils. He would rather yield than wield violence. But here is the thing, friends, and, and this is where I want to just zoom in a little bit. I have talked about emotions. Emotions are different than feelings. Emotions are made up of four parts. There's thoughts. There's feelings. Then there's a physical manifestation and a behavioral response. Let me explain. If you get angry, somebody did something and it makes you upset. That's a thought. And you get angry. That's a feeling. 
a physical manifestation. You can feel your temperature rising or your adrenaline starting to move. That's a physical manifestation. Or you even start to move your foot because you're upset. The last part of the emotion is a behavioral response. But in between the physical manifestation and the behavioral response is a space. And that's where your will is. That's where your volition is. That's in that space is where you have an opportunity to make a choice. And what we're asking the Lord to do by the Holy Spirit is to transform our will, to transform our volition, so that even if we have a thought and a particular feeling and we can feel our temperature rising or adrenaline starting to go, we say, Holy Spirit, change my choices, change my will, my volition, so that my response becomes one of meekness and gentleness and not violence. But for that, we need the Holy Spirit. You know what? This meekness, this gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It means it's not natural human beings. Look, let's just call it as it is. We're not good at this on our own. But the Holy Spirit can help us do this. As they say in England, to mind the gap. Oh, we could go. I just feel like now we could start. Now we can start. But I have to finish. I want to invite the music team to come up on the platform. Great is his reward, brothers and sisters. And that can focus our aim. And I think it challenges those of us who are affluent, those of us that have possessions and more than one set of clothes and who have blankets and who have food in the fridge and who have a job with a paycheck that's regular that we know about and we can predict. It helps and informs and shapes what we do with our own possessions. And maybe we become a little more generous and a little more sharing and caring because we're going to ultimately... It's a call to everyone that are meek. We, we are in God's will and testament, and you're going to inherit the earth. So this thing that we're maybe holding on to a little tightly, maybe that could just be shared instead in the name of Jesus. And maybe gentleness becomes our activity here at Westview. Maybe gentleness becomes our activity. The activity of the blessed. You become meek and gentle and people get it and they feel it and they sense it and they wonder about it and all of that just trickles out into when you go to school and when you go to work. And you're investing in kingdom through your gentleness. And I know that this means we need to trust in the goodness of God. Imagine the Son of Man in the Garden of Gethsemane. Between, in that gap, and he prayed, not your, my will, but yours. Trusting in the goodness of God, 
that enables you to be gentle when everything else in your body says hit back, strike back, do something else, but you trust in the goodness of God and you invite him into that space and you believe that this is the way it's needing to be done. But we pray, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. So as we enter this time of communion, I'm going to invite you to bow your heads as we pray together. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you as we prepare for communion? What is the Holy Spirit saying about your will, your choices? Let's pray silently before the Lord.